0: Welcome to episode 14 of Design Much, how to avoid designing only the happy path with Andrew Ditto. So yeah, today um, we'll be talking about designers can avoid the designing for the happy path, right? mm-hmm. um, so like but that's uh, the happiest path of all it is the happiest path because it's called that why happy should path. we why should we design for anything else <laughs> that's a good question that's a great question because as designers right our job is to create solutions like experiences that offer solutions for our users mm-hmm. so like our job is to design happy paths yeah so why should nothing, we just nothing, have happy paths? <laughs> Andrew,
1: nothing wrong happens. The right? answer is
0: simple.
2: You're designing for people, and people are terrible at using things. There it is. <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs> the the answer, the answer to life, the universe, and everything isn't forty two. It's that people are terrible at using <laughs> things. <laughs> that will answer that will solve most of your problems if yeah. you keep that in mind.
0: So all we really need to do is design better people, not better people. If, if you can manage to design better people, yeah, okay, I'm then watching, you can only
1: design the happy path. I'm watching Westworld, and I think it's happening.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're close. <laughs> so when we design better people, designers are just out of, we're out of a job.
2: No, then, yeah. you, can only, then you can only focus on the happy path. Once the people oh, sure. are good oh, enough not okay. to screw okay. everything yeah. up, yeah. then designers can only worry about the happy, happy path. I like,
1: yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Good, we have something to
2: look for. to. <laughs> you have a goal now.
0: Awesome, so so one of QA's responsibilities, of course, is looking for bugs, like technical bugs that is left behind by developers as they're creating products, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys always, or also look for bugs um, that are created by designers as well in the designs? Yeah, so
2: the, the technical bugs is kind of the job description, like, in, in any QA, your job is going to be look at the look at the criteria and make sure the program fits the criteria. Um, it, I think part of the QA mentality also should be uh, how is the customer going to experience this? Um, what is the customer doing? And you know UX kind of has that job, but the QA should take it to the step of how will the customer do this wrong? Okay. What what could they? How could they possibly mess this up? Because someone's going to at some point, someone's going to say, "Oh, um, this this um, you know, input box is a dollar amount. I'm going to type one hundred dollars into this and be mad when it doesn't accept my one hundred dollar text instead of actual numbers." So that's kind of the that's kind of where the QA should be coming from. Like,
0: when the customer uses
2: this, how are they going to do it wrong?
0: Okay. So like how do you so how do you go about finding do you like go through typical patterns that you know designers are gonna miss when you're looking for these these problems that designers leave behind? Yeah so um, one of the first things I do
2: is I go through and make sure everything makes sense um, I look at the designs I look at the, accept, the acceptance criteria and I say it's do does looking at this make sense? Can I just look at this and say okay I know what the next step is and then I look and see you. Why are there certain things here? You know, why is there a button here? What does this button do? Why Why can you add something here? Why can you click on this? Start asking why the design is there. And um, I basically uh, go through and make the designer justify their existence.
1: That's good. <laughs> That's good. We're, we're still wondering that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> um, on, on that same thing too, like, do you, have, do you have like a list or anything of things that you kind of when you're testing something that you try to break, like Mm -hmm. things that you've picked up in the past patterns that happen.
2: Yeah. Uh, there's definitely a list and the majority of them are technical thing, things. Um, but there's a number of the technical things that overline with the designer's job. Um, screen size is one of them. Um, you know, if there's a minimum screen size, does the design fit on that screen? Um, input on input boxes, uh, character limits is another huge one, mm, yeah. uh, it causes problems a lot because no one thinks about, well, this is a title for a task. how um, how long could they possibly make this task? Mm-hmm. And if we don't limit that, things start to look terrible.
1: So Andy, uh, when you're designing, have you ever thought about character limit in an input field before?
0: Um... Only if it's a small input field. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm usually like, they're not going to do that. I don't think that's done on me yet once. Until you just said it. Yeah.
2: Unfortunately, I don't ask that question often enough either.
1: No, that's good because these are the things that we were we're talking about, right? Like, yeah. How do we get better at finding mm-hmm. these things.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> so, what are so you mentioned a couple, but what are some other common issues that designers are missing in designs?
2: Um, Empty state is one that gets uh, missed a lot. Hmm. Uh, what happens if you come to a page and there's nothing on it? What, yeah. what is it supposed to look like? Um, what's another one? Um, clarity is one that I actually I look at a lot. Um, like, does this button make sense? Are we properly communicating what's supposed to happen? Um, is there anything about this interaction that the user might not expect to happen? Do we need to tell them something that's going to happen that... You know, wouldn't be the normal, it would be outside of the
1: expected flow. Okay. So clarity in the, the user, you're when you're clicking through stuff, the user...
2: Yeah, like, um, basically, if I'm a user that's never seen a computer before, do does what's on the screen make sense to me?
1: Hmm.
2: Um, if I click on this, is, is what happens really what I expect it to happen?
1: Yeah, does it, because the design, yeah... The design needs to set those expectations of what happens on an interaction what happens when you click Mm -hmm. no that makes sense Yeah. yeah
2: like why is this why is there an icon here does it does it tell me something should i know what this icon means um what if i have never seen this
0: icon what what do i do with it yeah sounds like you use a lot of empathy like you channel like the most basic understanding the, like the least amount of understanding possible. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a nice way
2: of saying. I look at it as if I was the dumbest person in the world. Yeah, the lowest, the lowest common denominator. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, I have to look. I have to look at this um, from the eyes of an eighty-year-old grandma yeah. who needs her son to, her grandson to uh, turn on the internet for her. Yeah. And can she use the program?
1: <laughs> can well, that's she, yeah. <laughs> that's a good point.
0: And that's funny because, like, as designers, we we pride ourselves in having empathy. Like, we're we're so understanding of our users. Um, but why do you think that, like, we are typically like when you're going in, you're, you're going even to more of a basic level. Why do you think that we're not going that deep? Um, customer success doesn't come and talk to you about what their users have done.
2: <laughs> um, okay, yeah. that's probably really true. We, yeah, it. we get a lot. We get a lot of. Uh, I get a lot of you know errors and bugs that are you know, the customer's seeing this and I go through and reproduce it. And my first thought is, why would you think this is a good idea? Why would you think of using things like this? So the more often I see that, the more I have to look at the designs, like how, how poorly could someone interpret this? How badly could someone decide to use whatever is in front of me? Hmm.
1: That's interesting. Cause we, I mean, we hear from customer service, but we don't hear from, we don't hear that. No. And we're not trying to reproduce what they're saying because we do the same. We we might hear something and be like, "Well, that's stupid," mm-hmm. but we don't. We don't uh, actually try to figure out why they were trying to do it. So that's a different. Yeah, and different I think that's the
2: difference of like I. I have to if if there's a bug, I have to reproduce it so the developers can go through and fix it. Mm-hmm. And so you know, it's a difference of hearing. Oh, they had a bad interaction, and um, why is this such a bad interaction? What did they do to accomplish this? Um because hopefully, you know, the design is good, the design makes sense to, you know, users and it's hard because you look at it so often when you're designing it and it's a yeah. baby and you you know, you're like, Oh, I made something and I make I make things perfectly. And so when the customer when the customers complain and you know, I have to reproduce a bug, I have to say that they, they shouldn't have done that. That didn't make sense.
1: And then I have to start looking at it through their eyes. Yeah. And then you have yeah, like you said, you have to reproduce it. So that changes it.
0: Mm-hmm. So why do you think we as designers like aren't aren't going this deep? And why do you think? So you mentioned that a little bit. We don't. We're not actually directly connected as much to um, customer success as you are, mm-hmm. and maybe that could be a change that we make yeah. as designers. <laughs> I, I think but, another one of the
2: reasons is it's hard to do. Like there's a lot of times where I. You know, I've noticed things and Andy and I have had conversations where I notice something and Andy says, how do you think we should fix it? And I said, I don't know. I have no idea how you're going to fix this. I just know it's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's part of it. Like my my job isn't to tell you how to fix the problems. My job is to tell you what the problems are. And I think that's why is as you're going through these these designs to ask those questions, it puts a lot of extra burden on you there's a lot more that you have to think about in these designs. And I think that's why it's good to have a QA, someone to back you up. And, yeah. You know, after you've exhausted yourself trying to make this the best design possible, you know, it can be frustrating at times But someone to come through and say, well, this is why your design sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can only imagine how frustrating that is. <clears throat>
1: it's not frustrating at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know Patrick never got frustrated with me, ever. <laughs> that's awesome Uh,
0: so it's true i mean like we we don't think um deeply enough and we i guess we probably don't take enough time to think about um how we should design for this not so happy path Mm -hmm. right um but but how do you think that maybe we can incorporate that into our design process um checklists help um there's a there's a lot okay.
2: of like. There's a lot of testing that I have to do that I forget about, but I have minimum standards, and you know when I'm testing things, I go through and ask those questions or uh, complete those tests, and those kinds of things will help. You know, have a checklist. Like, did I did I um, think about what happens if a user tries to advance without putting anything in any of the inputs? Do I did I think about what happens if they put special characters in? Did I think about how long these text fields need to be or what they need to
0: handle? Yeah. So kind of having a, a quality checklist mm-hmm. of things that can help us keep, keep those things top of mind. I yeah. like that a lot. And,
2: and another thing that you mentioned that I wanted to say is another, it, it's time. You know, the, one, of my, one of my favorite things in testing is having a lot of time with a new feature, a new product to test. Because the longer you look at something the more you notice its flaws And I think with design it's the same thing you know you're you're on a time crunch you have time limits you don't always have time to ask those questions that you need to you need to get something so the developers start have work to do mm-hmm. and it yeah it comes down to time a, a
1: lot of the time <laughs> <laughs> Oh time mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it only goes one direction. <laughs> So have you ever, like, tested a design that is only accounted for the happy path? And can you kind of describe what happened in that scenario? Huh. Don't, don't name names. Yeah. <laughs> I know, you've worked with me.
2: you worked with Patrick. Uh, I've worked with a number of the designers here at Canopy. Um, uh, there are plenty of examples. It's hard to come up with one off the top of my head. Okay. Um, yeah. Ooh. I mean, there are lots of examples. I could come up with examples for arguments I've had with designers too. Okay. <laughs> um, but I don't think that really helps.
1: <laughs> I think I think one example, because uh, I think we both experiences this was like the tasks, when we were yeah. doing tasks, because I think uh, there was so much just involved in creating the happy path mm-hmm. that I, I still remember. Like, there's still stuff in there that I'm like, oh, we didn't even, I yeah, didn't even account for that. There's so many edge cases.
2: It's true. Um yeah, one of the things now that you mention it is the filters on the task dashboard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was so much going on, there was so much going into that, and uh, we just built these filters. And the the decision was made that we want these filters kind of work, to work almost exactly like Excel has them. Mm-hmm. You know, you can filter all these columns by what's in them, and uh, just the, it bothered me for a long time how it worked. Uh, it was not intuitive. It seemed backwards, and so eventually I just Got together with one of the developers and said, "How can we? How can we make this better? You know, we want to make this as good as possible." And then together, I think we went to Andy and we said, "You know, we think it could, would work better this way." You know, the filters instead of unchecking everything and then checking what you want, just have the filter and then you set it and then you apply the filter. And there was a lot of back and forth. I don't know if you remember when we went through that. We yeah. Changed what the buttons were called. We changed what what things
1: look like when you open the filters. And, yeah, I, I forgot the point of this. but <laughs> No, I think, I think that is a good example, though, because, um, you know, being on the other end of that one, like, be, like, just I was so focused on, like, as a designer, I was so focused on solving the happy path problem. Mm-hmm. But, like, just neglected to, to see the other issues from an interaction standpoint that could happen yeah. when somebody actually tried to apply this thing on a regular basis.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was such a big product project the the little nuances of it kind of fell by the wayside for a while
1: i think too as designers i think this that was a good learning experience for me uh i think because designers copy a lot and Mm -hmm. i know we'd like to think we don't but i think everything we do is copied (laughs) but um yeah we were just copying a pattern that was familiar that we thought would would work Mm -hmm. um, and it didn't work yeah no it it definitely needed
2: adjustments from what what we needed it to do
0: Definitely. So um, you've mentioned a lot of ways that we can actually be better at thinking about these, these not so happy paths. Um, Have you been in instances where like QA usually is, you know, typically comes in at the end of the development process. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it, have you been in um, situations where you haven't really been involved very much with designs or seeing the designs until the very end and how has that like affected the, the actual quality, or how has it affected like the actual experience of the design? Mm-hmm. You being at the end versus other experiences where maybe you've been involved earlier on. Yeah, well, fortunately, Canopy's really good about that.
2: There's it's not very often where I just see a design when it's time to start testing it. Um, the the project I always come back to that was my worst experience here was the Zora project. Uh, we switched our our billing management and uh, we wanted to make the transcripts license free and you know there was just so much going on i there was so much to test so many changes that needed to happen i never had a chance to look at the designs or the acceptance criteria beforehand Mm -hmm. it all just kind of got piled on at the end and i didn't and there was a lot of you know things that slipped through the gaps because there was just so much happening all at the same time uh it was a project that the development there was a lot of development that needed to happen and get tested and could be tested before the designs were done, so I would be testing those designs. Would get done and built before I'd ever had a chance to look at them or analyze them. And um, yeah, there were just a lot of hard things, and it was it was probably my least favorite the least the my least favorite time being here was through that project because it was just so much of just I was backpedaling the whole time trying to catch up. Um, on the flip side. When we designed files in canopy um i was involved in the process from the very beginning we sat down we had a design studio with all the developers and um, the designer on the team at the time and you know we sat down and we said these are these are the problems we want to solve and each of us drew out how we would solve them we were able to come together and say okay this would work really well these kinds of things you know wouldn't and we came up with a design kind of together and the ux designer at the time went off made all those into a, something comprehensive instead of bunch of sketches by QAs and, and developers, which you can imagine were really good sketches. <laughs> and we came out with what I think is a really good, solid product at the end of that, um, because we were all involved in the whole process. I'm sure the designer was frustrated with us at times <laughs> because our drawings were terrible and we, all, we wanted these really crazy things. But I feel like we came up with a really
1: good, solid design because we were collaborating together from the get-go. Well, and you probably had a chance at the beginning from your perspective, too, in that to um, experience some of the edge cases mm-hmm. that normally a designer wouldn't catch, right?
2: Right. Yeah. Those could be brought up before the designs were done because, you know, it's, it's a principle that applies everywhere. The earlier you catch a problem, the cheaper it is to fix. Mm-hmm. So if you start, you know, collecting those edge cases before the design even starts, then yeah, you can prepare for those. You can be ready in the design. Then you don't have to go back and fix everything to
1: deal with these things. Yeah. Later. After it gets released. And, mm-hmm. and everyone hates it. Yeah. <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> awesome. That's great. I don't, I don't think I have any other questions.
1: Yeah. We plowed through those. That was <laughs> yeah, we <good>. kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything else on your mind about... QA and design. I mean, the the one thing that I think too is uh, like w- designers aren't good at quality. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think we're very good at quality. At least at all the designers I've ever seen. Do you have any? Do you have any uh, any practical things that would help a designer like just be better? I know there's a checklist, yeah. but what 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 kind of things are generally on that checklist?
2: Um, one thing: don't get married to your designs. Um, I worked with a designer once that like when he designed something, it was perfect, you know, his designs were how things needed to be. And he was it was really hard to tell him things were wrong with it. Um, You know, there's a lot of butting heads. There's a lot of, you know, no, this is why we need it this way. It needs to look like this. Um, on the flip side, like working with Andy, I've never felt like I've made him mad by telling him how bad his designs are sometimes. Oh, he's really good at hiding it. (laughs) Which is probably true. (laughs) And he's probably just really good at hiding it, but I've never, I've never felt like I've made Andy mad by pointing out mistakes in his design. And that's, that's really important as a QA because my job basically comes down to tell everyone what they've done wrong in their work. (laughs) And if people get mad at me for that, it makes me do my job less. So don't get, don't get mad at your QA engineer when he comes back to you and says, this doesn't work and you need to fix it because he's just doing his job and there's <laughs> nothing against you. <laughs> That's, and that, that, that changes the workplace a lot, being able to feel confident and comfortable going up to a designer and saying, look, I don't think this works. I think this needs to be redesigned or this needs to change.
0: I like that. So we could probably be a little bit more humble as designers. As you said, like, divorce ourselves from the designs, but also, like, Mm -hmm. we have to realize we don't know everything. And we're not putting ourselves in the same, you know, shoes that you are as the QA engineer. It
1: seems weird that every podcast we have comes down to two things for a designer to learn. (laughs) Uh, Practice more. Practice your craft more. Uh And freaking be humble. (laughs) Those are the two things that always comes down to Everyone. Like even the to. last episode like dealing with stakeholders. One thing you gotta do is be humble and be a facilitator. <laughs> Talking to Nick about being, you know, learning learning how to do icons. Oh, well, you gotta be humble and yeah. realize you don't know everything. Uh, that's what we should call it from now on: the the Be Humble Podcast. The Be Humble Podcast. <laughs> humble Designs. <laughs> oh, no, that's great. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, it's pleasure. Should we go get some Chick Fil A? Yeah, let's
0: do it. <laughs> okay. Hey Andy.
1: Hey Patrick. That was a great conversation with Andrew, wasn't it?
0: I I couldn't agree more. Yeah.
1: That's three Andy's in the last episodes. We had we had we had you all the time. Yeah. We had Andy last time, and we just had Andrew, and I don't, know if he'll, I don't know if he likes to go by Andy or not.
0: I don't... Well, he always goes by Andrew, so I don't think he does, yeah, but... Yeah, probably doesn't. I don't know what this means. Does, is Andrew, like, equal, like, could design? <laughs> is that what this is?
1: I don't know. I'm going to change my name to Andy, though. You or should. Andrew.
0: You should. I think that would help our guests. They don't have to learn... Our listeners, they wouldn't have to learn two different names, Patrick and Andy. Yeah, it'd just be Andy and Andy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But no, that was a great conversation with Andrew. Uh, QA—it's really good to get a QA perspective. I think, uh, yeah, from design instead of just another designer. That was really good. Uh, if you guys out there are listening, you want to continue the conversation, go to the new and improved designmuch and leave a comment on the post. Um, go ahead and comment. We're getting some likes on our post, but nobody's really commenting yet. So go ahead and do it. Uh, if you think this topic would benefit another designer or even your design team. Feel free to share it and, and uh, give them, you know, get their feedback from them and get them involved in the conversation as well. Yeah. So, what did you learn from Andrew, Andy? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I learned a ton of stuff. I think that was a great conversation, just learning about how, how we can design for the not so happy path. And that's something as designers, we don't think about that much. Mm-hmm. We're always just, hey, we're designing these solutions. That's what we were hired to do, right? We're solving the problem. But sometimes when we design, we also create problems.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Turns out.
0: (laughs) And like the first thing I learned, I I love when he said this, um, people are terrible at using things. Yes, they are. (laughs) So I think as designers, we need to put ourselves in the mentality of um, like that people are are going to mess this up somehow, right? That's Mm -hmm. the whole reason why we have QA on our teams is because people always mess up at something. And as designers, we, as we're thinking about designing the not so happy path, we need to have that in mind. Um, also, when we're checking for quality and clarity in our designs, um, I really liked how he kind of put himself in the shoes of somebody who really has never used a computer or even like software before. Um, and it was really great to see how we as designers, we're always like really empathetic or we have a lot of empathy for our users Um, but we don't put ourselves even deeper saying like, what if somebody doesn't really understand this design at all? Like how can they misinterpret this design? Um, So it's really great to kind of even try to put yourself a little bit deeper to think about how they could run into problems along those lines. Um, And something I thought that was really great is he mentioned that he knows a lot about this and he has this empathy because he is so close to working with customer success. Mm -hmm. They're always coming to him saying, this user did this thing this user did this thing and they're just like <laughs> horrible decisions they're like why would you do that <laughs> but him being exposed to that so much gave him that empathy for those users um and so that he could think about you know ways that he can um you know think to, the, to that to their level of empathy so I thought that, that was really great and I think we as designers can probably work closer to customer success mm-hmm. get that information too so that we can have um, a better design idea for what we're doing um, so it's always good, I think, to ask yourself, as he said, how poorly could a user interpret this design? Um, and how badly could they use it? <laughs> how badly could they use it? So I, I love those. Um, but I think that's part of like when you're checking for the quality of your design, ask yourself those questions. Because yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very possible that um, somebody is going to use it very badly. <laughs> and then call a customer success and complain about it. And they're gonna they're gonna fail and not be able to be successful and follow the happy path that you yeah. laid out for them, right? So, um, I think those are some some great ways that you can avoid um, designing only for the happy path as a designer.
1: Yeah, I think some. Of the, I agree with all those things. I learned all those things too. Uh, I also learned to uh, use QA as a partner earlier on in the process. Yeah, um, he talked about. Because uh, obviously they see a lot of stuff, right? They go through, they basically click through the entire app. They, they've probably been through the app more than any of the designers have been through. Um, especially when we're when we're like co-located on Teams, um, we generally just kind of work with the features that we that we have. But a lot of QA, they've been through a lot, like the entire app a lot. So they kind of know other areas of the app as well. Uh, one thing you talked about too was uh, getting early on the feedback is uh, doing more design studios or narratives with the team and QA earlier on, uh, or even you know just getting feedback earlier on um, from QA because they're gonna they're even when they see your designs they're gonna think that way right yeah they're gonna be like what happens what happens if somebody doesn't click on that button then like what or what happens if they try to do this thing with that design and you're like I, I don't know like <laughs> we'll think about it while you're designing you know exactly so,
0: yeah they'll give you that feedback way earlier
1: yeah. Way earlier on, then when it's like built, done, and ready, and you're like scrambling to get it released. Yep. Um, I think the one thing too that I really learned from from him again, every time we talk to a guest, <laughs> uh, it comes down to be humble, right? <laughs> I think that's one thing I learned. I, I think I'm learning through every one of these is like, uh, you know, be humble and get your stakeholders involved. Be humble, get QA involved. Be humble, get developers involved. Be humble, get another designer involved. Like it's always like, don't be the guy, don't be the girl that just uh, you know, is always like, I'm the designer, I know everything, yeah. like, I'm the best. Like, yeah. no, getting everybody involved, being humble and uh, getting everybody involved in the process earlier on, helping make decisions, helping give feedback uh, is only going to make your designs better,
0: right? Absolutely. And I think like something going along with what you mentioned, like having QA as your partner, like that's really important, especially mm-hmm. earlier on in the process, because um, what, one thing he mentioned, like. Designers don't have the time to think about all of the, all of these scenarios. Mm-hmm. Like that's why we have QA in the first place, is so that we can have somebody to have our back and to help us. So really, we need to rely on QA to help us yeah. um, uncover those problems. And I think that's huge. So well, not
1: only uncover problems that were issues in the development process, yeah. like the you know it wasn't built right. Like that's that's a core thing that they do. But the the same thing, like have them have them, you know. Help out with designing the you know designing the UX if if the UX was right yeah. from the very beginning you know yeah, before exactly. it even gets to development, um, yeah I mean QA right quality assurance like we should do that more and we should work with them more right like we had the field trip to the we had the field trip to Clear right mm-hmm. and that's kind of one thing that I got from it too was like. In um, that whole entire design and manufacturing process that they go through making gums and mints and all that kind of stuff, looking at it from a QA perspective, QA is involved in every single step of that. From the very beginning when they're testing ideas, uh, testing new mints or new whatever, all the way to the very end when it gets boxed up and ready to ship.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? So, like, they we need to involve them in the entire process. We need to involve our QA that we sit next to every day uh, in the entire process from ideation all the way through. Just, I mean, even if it's feedback-wise, because they're looking at, like, in some ways, I think, like, think about it. They're looking at more of a holistic UX than we are mm-hmm. most of the time. So
0: they really are, and like yeah. we think about as designers, like we are here to help have a really good experience. So we don't build something and then it's gonna suck, and then we have to build mm-hmm. it again. But qa is even more that, like, like as you said, like in that example. As we went on our design field trip, we. We learned that it's a huge part of that process because if they go and build this product, they create this product, and it comes to market, it's going to really suck. And they have to go back and spend tons of money yeah. to redo everything.
1: To redo everything, and they could hurt people. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like I, I don't think most people in our, in the software industry, we probably get away <laughs> with that because we probably don't really hurt people, right? Right. Uh, we heard. I mean, we could, we could <laughs> like a canopy. I, I don't know. Maybe there's some IRS audit stuff that we could get wrong. Calculations we could get wrong. No, right. Totally. Yeah. That would throw off things. If you're in the medical industry, like, and, and somebody can't read the heart monitor correctly because the UX wasn't designed correctly, then like they could die. Like that, that could be, that could be real stuff. Right. Seriously. So, I mean, these are things that we have to, we have to consider, uh, when we're, when we're designing. Right. People dying. Really worried. (laughs) (laughs) So, if you're out there working in the medical industry, designing medical products for people, uh, your users could die if you design wrong. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Work with QA. Be a little bit more humble, so you don't kill somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Work with QA.
1: (laughs) If you're designing autonomous cars, Tom's driving cars, right? Like.
0: That user experience has oh, to be man. pretty good. I have thought about that. Like <laughs> that would stress me out if I worked on those projects. <laughs> yeah. Like when they're they're getting in accidents, you see that mm-hmm. and you know, it's going to happen. I mean, it's bound to happen, but to think that like somebody who worked on that team could have had a, like they could have caused that in a way. Yeah. Like the machine failed <clears throat> and it killed somebody.
1: Well, that goes back to the Jeep, the Jeep, uh, the Jeep shifter analogy in that Jeep Cherokee that they fixed. They've, they soon fixed it, but that guy from Star Trek uh, got run over by his Jeep. Yeah. Because it wasn't in gear because of the UX. Like, it's literally because the UX didn't give him enough feedback. So he knew it was in gear. And it was like running over people. People died. Yeah. Because some designer was like, it'll be nice if it doesn't give any <laughs> feedback. It'll be smoother or cooler or whatever. And then it, they realized it did. And then, yeah.
0: Yeah. People Design died. is like pretty important. Turns out. <laughs> <laughs> Design is all around us, and it, it helps us stay safe at times. <laughs> so,
1: so another lesson learned <laughs> from this episode is uh, maybe only work for companies where the products can't actually hurt, yeah. like really kill anybody. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: and right, this got really dark. <laughs> all of a sudden, this this not so happy path turned out to be oh, it's not. <laughs> Don't just it's decide for the really happy, happy path, path, or otherwise, we're
1: just gonna die. everybody will die. <laughs> oh, well, that's, we're gonna change the title. How to avoid designing only for the happy path so people don't die? Yeah. <laughs> we're doing a good thing here right with then. the gr- featuring the Grim Reaper. Featuring the Grim Reaper. All right. Should we, on that note, so on that happy note? <laughs> uh. See you, Andy. See you later, <laughs> <laughs>